This is Paul Keeler with San Francisco Golden Gate Rugby, and you're on Rugby Matrix USA. Thanks, Paul. Paul joining us from the West Coast tonight for Rugby Matrix USA, episode 18, Coast to Coach. Bruce McLean, Paul's arch nemesis, joining us from the East Coast, and we talk college rugby. All ahead on Rugger Matrix USA, episode 18. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Rugger Matrix USA. Bruce, we were due to get the American Eagles coach, but uh, he's away for another week, so we will get the next best thing. Yes, we're bringing in the Eagle A coach. Paul Keeler, although I don't know if he's still with the Eagle A. I don't know if they've chosen an Eagle A coach or they've informed him as to what's going on. But Paul Keeler, the coach of San Francisco Golden Gate, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, good to be here. Yep. You know what? I, let, let, let's just call Paul by his really his true name now. <laughs> in, and I don't know if anybody's ever read the book The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. <laughs> But I'm going to start calling Paul Ogmandino. Now, most people wouldn't consider Paul to be some really charismatic salesman. But for whatever reason, San Francisco Golden Gate got the final to be played at their home field in Treasure Island. And essentially, they got it for a song. The Indians and Manhattan Island got got a better deal than, than, than the Super League in this one. And so I am going to call you Ogmandino, the greatest salesman in the world. And uh, But... Good, you know, and and but we have been talking about how we can how we can make that work. But we will we'll talk about that a bit later. Big weekend coming up, Bronk, especially in the college game. We are at the collegiate Big Four, and mm. the top four teams are left in the country. And uh, Cal Berkeley is going to be playing Arkansas State. Huckabee's team, and and that's going to be that's going to be an interesting game. Although I think the outcome will be Cal Berkeley, and then the, I think the big game of the weekend is going to be BYU Dave Smith's team against Rich Polito's team Army, and that's where Rob Holder's son is playing. And I think that that's going to be a game that'll be of interest. Now, also BYU beat Cal Berkeley for the national title. And they had played each other in the finals. It was either four or five years in a row, and, and BYU won last year. And I think Cal is on a mission to fix that. And um, so I would, I, what I would be looking for is I'd be looking for a, a relatively comfortable win by Cal over Arkansas State. I would, I'm probably going to pick an upset of Army over BYU. And then... I am. I think that Cal will win a relatively comfortable match against West Point because I just don't think they're going to have two games in them on the weekend where they're going to have to dig deep. And you know, I, from a physical and an athletic standpoint, I think Cal is going to go into that final match um, a bit more rested. And those games are going to be played on Friday and Saturday of this week. So we played on Friday, April thirtieth, and Saturday, May first. So I'd like to speak to Paul. Paul, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, I'm not too far not too far off from you, Bruce. Um, I hate to say that I actually agree with you on this one, but I think I think I do. I, I, I really feel that Army BYU match will probably be the best contested match of the weekend. And I, I just don't see, like you said, Army playing against BYU who are going to be very physical, a very quick team. I don't know if they're going to be able to um, play them and then then go and play uh, a team as athletic as Cal. I just don't see it happening. I see, I see the championship coming back to uh, Strawberry Canyon. And gentlemen, don't forget the uh, USA Rugby are streaming that through UStream TV. So it's a good chance for the whole world to have a, a, a look at college action in the United States. So uh, I'm looking forward to that actually. In between Super 14 games and Heineken Cup semifinals. Hey, Bronk, you know what? I want to ask another question about this. And, and there's there's talk of having a college Premier League sim, similar in concept to the Super League. Yeah, there's been I, a I bit of exactly. a... We've had a few inquiries uh, through our comments section. So, it's, yeah, probably pretty timely that you address it, Bruce. Well, I wanted to address it with you and, and with Paul. One of the things about the Super League 
the rugby super league in in the in the men's comp that's different from all the competitions in in American rugby is that this game is going to be played on a weekend and there'll be two 80 minute games played back to back with essentially the same players and the safety aspect and the player welfare aspect of playing back to back I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Palo Alto Paul but I would imagine it's got to be you know this weekend in New York is going to be about 75 or 80 so I would imagine that it's going to be pretty similar out there especially especially in Palo Alto it may not be as it may not be as warm on um on Treasure Island but I I think it's going to be it probably would be around there and from a player welfare perspective Bronk, do you know anywhere else in the world that does this? And we do this at all levels. Collegiate, high school, um, we do it at Division One, Division Two, and Division Three level. And these teams also play a series of games over two-game weekends to, to get to where they're at. And I just I, – I think that something has to be done from a player welfare perspective and, and – and a marketing perspective. You, you, obviously, you're not putting your best product out in the final if the people would beat to hell from the day before. Well, I guess the only thing that comes close, I mean, younger kids, sure, in competitions, you would play more matches because they're shorter in duration, but I guess sevens is the closest you could come to it. Yeah. I, I don't think it makes any sense. You know, that's one of the reasons, you know, when you start talking about the Super League, you know, and, and, you know, does it need to change? Should it should it no longer exist? And one of the first things we talked about as a club is, do we really want to go back to playing, you know, in playoffs, you know, where, where you have a, two full games, two days in a row? It's just absolutely brutal. And never mind, you know, at a place like Palo Alto where it's going to get really hot. It could be 80 degrees. Treasure Island, beautiful, you know, 65 degrees 90% of the year. But Palo Alto is going to be you know, excruciatingly hot for those guys, especially guys who aren't used to playing in the heat. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know how to do the Premier League right. But that back-to-back game, that's that's it's, it's crazy. And it's not a true test of uh, a game of rugby. Uh, if you could solve it, uh, then the World Cup would take place in a week or so, wouldn't it? And you'd play games, you know, every two days. But it, you just can't do that. You need the week's rest. Absolutely. And, I, and I don't – I agree that you need the rest, and I don't think that it's and – I, and I actually think that it's doable under any system because we have this – we have this these playoff systems. Like, it, it, for some reason, everybody has to be a winner and everybody has to make the playoffs. And then there's rounds and rounds of playoffs, and then there's all these – everybody's in and everybody's still in and everybody's still in, and we have 16 teams in as opposed to eight. And and it's just one thing after the other that because we have to be all inclusive in our playoffs, that we cheapen the value of what happens during the regular season, and and we we have setups that allow for inferior teams to be put into these competitions and they get blown out, and but that we're still playing these games two games in a weekend and again I just don't see. From a safety perspective, and, and I think that the colleges don't want to do it, but the other thing is nobody wants to risk having fewer teams in the playoffs because then they don't get to say we made the playoffs. But in making the playoffs, if everybody makes it, it cheapens the value of making the playoffs. So it, it's kind of a catch-22 that they're going to have to deal with if they are going to have a college premier league and they are going to finish it at an early date say they wanted to finish it, the, the weekends are going to, you know, the, the college championship is going to be played this weekend, May 1st. So it'll be difficult to be able to play a full Premier League that gets all its games off in March and April and has a playoff system that can finish in and around this weekend or the following weekend. So they're going to have to address that. And, and, and I'm sure that they have thought about it and have thought it through. These are not foolish people who were involved in this so all these guys are good rugby people and they know what they want to do but i think that that has to be addressed and if it isn't then they're they're doing a disservice to themselves and to what they're trying to accomplish and 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 bronx sevens and 15s are completely different games it's just sevens is just not as physical a game it's not 
and 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 you know you can you could do that over the course of time and and you have a a, a bit more flexibility substitution wise and you just don't have that in the fifteens game and uh you know the build up and you know there's a build up to a fifteens game there's a there's a you know it's a it's a long process it's an eighty eighty minutes in a row possibly going into overtime and and those things those things change i, I you know I, I don't even see a comparison to Seven Bronx. I just don't see it anywhere else in the world. No, the adults, and although these are in co- these it's guys the, are in college, they are adults. There is no comparison, but you know the closest thing you can think of is sevens, and that's it. I mean, look at soccer. Uh, you can play multiple games of soccer in a week because you just haven't got the contact. Paul, what, what do you think about? Um, I mean, what do you think about this? You, you mentioned briefly about it, but uh, are we doing the right thing here in in, in the college game? What I see is one of the the issues, which uh, aside from tra- you know the travel aspect, is what do you do? You only can it's the it's the problem we have in the Super League. You have multiple teams at your club, or even at a college with your club. What do you do with everyone else, and how do you develop your players? And what about the creating that situation or the haves and the have-nots? I don't know that that's still solved. I think it would be much easier if if they sort of played out of regionals. So you might have had your regional divisions, and then you have your one champion from each division. Those four play uh, home and away. You know, you, you play your your playoff, and that's it. And I think they could manage that a much simpler system. But I think we do get caught up in, well, uh, let's take the top three from here and here and here, and, and everybody has a a chance to get there. When realistically, it tends to be the same teams, which is you know what the Super League came for us. Uh, it. It's essentially, as I describe it, it's a Sweet 16. You're taking the top Sweet 16 tournament and spreading it out over weeks. So really, I think, find the best 16 teams that you can and, and have something similar to what the Super League is or, or like the Super 14 where you play 13, 14 games and then you come out with a champion even if you just have two divisions and the top teams finish. And I think that's the easy, probably the easier way to do it. But when you try to be too inclusive – you're not going to have all the matches and you're going to start to create issues i think within your own within your own system that they're going to these challenges they're going to have to face and deal with and I, bronk i think and and paul i think another issue not only on to, on top of bringing your seconds and thirds to wherever you're going or finding rugby for them that that is that is good for them and and also keeping yourself together as a club when when you start to look including more and more teams you're gonna you're gonna get into situations where teams say for instance you're, you're in the western in in the western region and, and 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 say they cut off byu and utah and put them in the west you could be a weaker team open up go to byu get blown out uh have utah come to you get blown out have seven or eight injuries and then be expected to travel to lsu and you right. may not have the, the the bodies, the resources to do it. And then week six or seven comes around, you're 0-5, you're down to 20 guys, and you know, you're know you completely decimated, and you have to spend $10,000 to go on a trip. And, that, yeah, and, that's... That, and that's the thing that they need to look at happening – because and that's the reason, like everybody says, oh, why, why don't you just let everybody into the Super League? Well, that's one of the reasons that we don't just let everyone into the Super League. And and we had an issue in the Super League this past week, where Ombak, who was really really struggling, didn't didn't go to Chicago Griffins to play their game. Now they're gonna make it up on May eighth, but I, and it really turned into a little bit of a circus for a two day period, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, Bruce, the other thing people don't understand about, you know, the Super League, and I guess while we're talking with the College League, which they'll identify, it actually costs more money for teams to travel the way the college teams are doing now with Sweet 16 and finally all this round of 32 and all that stuff because you're traveling with 28 guys. At the end of the day, you end up spending more money. Now, with the Super League, you spend less money, but you're going to have to spend you know, $30,000. So you're basically, you're spending as if you're in the Sweet 16, but you're spreading it over time. And like you said, that's win or lose. Well, you know, you could be completely out of it. You know, you can be the Wolfhounds this year 
uh, or I'm back, and you still have to travel knowing you're not going to win a game if you're, you know, or one if you're lucky. Uh, and there's not a lot of teams that are willing to continually do that. And, and, and it really comes down to how, how teams are organized off the field. People really don't understand that, that it comes to the infrastructure off the field is, is what makes Nyack a strong club. It makes an old blue a strong club. It makes Golden Gate a strong club. And all the way down the line, how teams are run off the field are, are going to lead to success on it. I mean, it's definitely more. It's definitely a case of how your team is run off the field. There's no doubt about it. You really only train a couple days a week, and then you, the, a lot of it is is babysitting and making sure that everything is right for your players, and making sure, hey, oh, I know that this guy's got, you know, I know that this guy's got a job, or hey, this guy just lost his job, or he's worried about his rent, or this guy's having problems with his girlfriend, or this one got into a fight with his parents, they threw him out of the house. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things that happen that are non-rugby related, but affect rugby, and you have to deal with them as a coach or an administrator of your club. And, and, and I think some of those things are a little bit less pronounced in the college game, but as you said, the, the, it, it is. It, it will be far less expensive, I think, for them to have a Premier League if they do it like the Super League. But your costs will be guaranteed. And and Paul said thirty thousand dollars, and I'll explain that to everybody. Essentially, it costs about anywhere between twenty-two and twenty-five thousand dollars for each team in the cost share to travel to and from games, and and everybody everybody pays an equal amount of that travel to and from games. Your other five thousand dollars is 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 a, is your hotel costs, and and you know that could be between that could that's usually around five thousand dollars could be seven thousand dollars, but you're you're paying around thirty grand to to organize and keep your team going, and that's only top twenty two guys, a uh, couple coaches, and a trainer going every right. game, and that's and, just and your that's, travel. <laughs> that's, that's just your travel. No, that's just your travel cost. But every, I think everybody assumes that the travel costs are huge. And, and what we do is we pay our travel costs and we submit our receipts and then we add it up and divide it by 14 at the end of the year. And everybody, you know, like if, if Golden Gate paid uh, $30,000 and NYAC paid $20,000 and the average of the league was $25,000, we would have to pay 5000 into the kitty. Golden Gate would get 5000 out of the kitty. And that's how our cost share works. And it takes place. So the season will end on, on May 29th this year. Actually, it's ending on May 30th this year. It'll end on May 30th this year. And then we'll have a meeting, and, and that will generally get settled up sometime in July. So that's how that's essentially how the Super League works. And, and, and I think it works pretty well in terms of that. And I, and I think that it's been, it's been a pretty good – pretty good way to work things and and possibly the colleges should look into it eligibility we handle by ourselves possibly the colleges should look into doing that and i think that where the colleges have a tremendous advantage is that they have they have an ability to market their product or their league because the institutions that will be playing are well-known household names whereas a san francisco golden gate rugby club a new york athletic club rugby club an old mission beach athletic club rugby club at Potomac Athletic Club, nobody really knows what those things are, but everybody can identify with a BYU, a Utah, a Cal Berkeley, a St. Mary's, an Army, a Navy, and 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 that kind of thing. And I think that that's that's going to be where they have a major advantage over the Super League, and then they could <clears throat> they could take that advantage and parlay it into money, and and hopefully with if if they if they do it right, that they can have a very successful league let's move on to the super league itself then what happens on the ground let's talk about the red conference first paul 25 points gotta be happy uh oh we're very you know we're very happy um you know again it just sort of ties into what i was saying those 25 points that's not just the players on the you know on the field that there's such a strong group of people who help out at the club, you know, Tony Wells, Robbie Flynn, uh, Greg Rocker, Greg Schmidt, all these guys who sort of people don't know their names. You know, they hear my name uh, for good or for bad, but they don't hear these people who 
who are you know just rugby nuts who, who give to the game and are so passionate about the game and and you never hear them and we would never win without them we just absolutely would not win without them um from recruiting to everything else so you know for us to be sitting in in first place home field in the playoffs and uh you know lucky enough to somehow convince people that playing playing here is the right move which we feel it is you know salesmanship aside bruce we we think we can really you know do the final right and and do justice by uh putting together a good product and and to, to know that we can just now play at home throughout the playoffs win or lose hopefully win uh it's just it's fantastic it doesn't get any better than that well looking at the looking at the red conference we got Denver Barbarians are going to Puget Sound. That's really the only game that means anything in that in that conference, and in, in that it's playing for a seed. And and I think that Puget Sound, who who has been a whipping boy, that that's Evan Haig's team, uh, Jeremy Bynan's friend, uh, Jiro. He he really turned that team around, and and they are going to go to the playoffs. They're guaranteed a playoff spot. Denver Barbarians has twenty points. Puget Sound has 16. If Puget Sound can bonus on them, they pull ahead of them. And if they win, then they'll have 20 points. If the Barbos don't bonus, and they'll they'll win the head-to-head matchup, so they'll get they could be in second place or fourth place. So it's a pretty good opportunity for a team to turn around from going essentially last place or, or just above it to having a home quarterfinal. So I think, and and Paul, you've played both of those teams. What would you say your outlook on the game is, especially, and it makes it more interesting now that it's being played at Puget Sound. Yeah, I mean, it, I got to say it's a tough one because obviously we just played Seattle and we played Denver. Have a set of nuts and just make. <laughs> oh, no, listen, I'm about to say it. I'm about to say it. it. You know, we haven't played Denver in a while, but I really think that, especially for. You know, OPSB to come in here and play us 14-13 in the first half, I really think if they come out and they're at home, I think that they, they're going to take the game emotionally, especially if they have a Kevin Swearing on the field. I just I think that they're going to take Denver. I really do. Is, is Swearing going to be playing for them? He, he played for them this weekend, and uh, he, he saved one or two tries early in the first half. Uh, and he's just he's a handful. You have to pay attention to him. They're little winger, you know. He, he works well with their little Fijian wingers, and I tell you, they're they're a team. And if they do a couple other things right, they can they can sneak up on you and and whack you over the head before you know what's going on. Let's look at Bruce. Uh, let's look at uh, your conference. Uh, Nyack at top uh, of blue with twenty five points as well, but life twenty four. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think everybody pretty much knew that this was how it was going to play out. Um, you know, maybe maybe people thought there may be a hiccup here and there along the way, but at the end of the day, this game between Nyack and Old Blue was going to be the game that mattered. Nyack and Old Blue, Nyack and Life was going to be the game that mattered. It was just a Freudian slip there. <laughs> um, and, 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 and it is. And, and then you look at, if you look at the Life team, they have they have a lot of eagles and eagle pool players and people that they you know their entire front row is is being considered for the eagles their number 8 is 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 an eagle their second row is a former eagle um, their scrum half is in the eagle pool their backup scrum half and center depend I don't know how they're going to play that this weekend is in the eagle pool um, their winger their that two centers have been in the eagle pool and their and their wing f- and you know, I mean, this team is really loaded with top quality American talent, homegrown talent, and then they back it up with Nolte Kotsia and Brendan Thompson from Australia, who, who also you know, he's being considered for Eagles. He's been in America for a while, and and so they backed it up with with foreign talent in critical positions that will make it extremely difficult for us to win this game, <clears throat> even though we're at home. They match up pretty well against us. They're a big athletic team that's going to bring it. They're going to play a very distinct pattern of, you know, smashing it up in the midfield and coming with their forwards in waves 
and then and then trying to and if the ball is slow, they're going to kick it downfield, and and then they're going to chase the hell out of the kick and they're going to try to force you to make mistakes. And and on on the flip side, they're big, tough, athletic guys. They have a very strong lineout. They have a pretty strong scrum, and and it's going to be a very difficult game for us to win in that they're very good in fractured play and they also play a, a relatively strong pattern rugby. So they can play in structured play and fractured play and they have a good set piece and they have big athletic guys. So looking at it that way, it's going to be a tall order for us to win this game. But that being said, we are also a team that has a good amount of talent. We're a team that's very proud and we're a team that will play hard until the 80th minute. And 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 one thing I can promise life is that they're going to know that they were playing rugby that day. And and hopefully we come out on top of it, but they'll know that they were in a rugby game. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit and give away any any of our any of our plans as to how we're going to play it, but uh you know that we they will know that they've been in a rugby game, that's for sure. And 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 I know that on the flip side, we'll know that we've been in a rugby game. And and that's gonna that's gonna determine a, a home field advantage in the East Coast. And 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 in that, that's gonna be huge because the team that wins is 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 not guaranteed, but more than likely, the team that loses is not guaranteed, but more than likely, probably gonna be going to San Francisco for a semifinal to play Golden Gate, which by all rights and accounts and it is the champion and it and is the best team in the league and so it will be an extremely tall order to travel out to San Francisco in a semifinal and win so it this game this game is very very big and then on top of that the other games all have playoff implications Charlotte against Old Blue and Boston against Pack if if Charlotte is able to to beat Old Blue in bonus and 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 Boston beats Pack and uh, and and Old Blue stays on ten, Charlotte can make the playoffs. Other other than that, you, you're really looking at probably a scenario where you can you can see Old Blue being on fourteen or fifteen. If Pack beats Boston, they're being on fourteen or fifteen. And then I then then you can look at a three-way tie scenario. And how the three-way ties work in in the Super League is it they take the points that are scored amongst the three teams, not not the points on the field, but the points that are given in the. So if if Old Blue got five points in the two games between Boston Old Blue and Pack, they they would, and then Boston got four points and Pack got two. Then Old Blue and Boston would be the two teams that went. It's so if, if you have you get four points for a win, one for a bonus point, two for a tie, one. That's how they. That's how the tiebreakers work. It's within the, that group of people, and then usually that'll settle it or head to head will settle it. But and and then it goes to tries, and then it goes to point differentials. And I I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. And Alex Goff on RugbyMag.com wrote wrote an article that clears up exactly all of the playoff scenarios and and there had been a couple errors in an, in an, in an earlier article that he had subsequently corrected so that you'll you if you're interested in in finding out exactly all the permutations it's all right there and and at the end of the day these teams have to win and and looking at it old blue playing charlotte at old blue they are tough to beat i i I would look that that Old Blue will probably win that game, and the Pack versus Boston game, again, that's in Boston, and I think I would go with the home teams there, and so I would look at Boston being the three seed and Old Blue being the four seed, and so I would look at probably Paul having to play the club that he used to play and coach, play for and coach. (laughs) Would you agree with my assessment there, Paul, or do you think that something else will happen? My question, I was going to interrupt you in the middle there, but my question is, you know, I want to know who's going to win the Nyack Life game. Putting you on the spot, you tell me who's going to win that game. I put you on the spot to pick a team that's going to – well, who's going to win a Nyack Life game? Well, what team do I, wanna, I coach? Uh, <laughs> no, what team yeah. do I coach? No, I know. You, you, think I'm ba- you think I'm backing down from my own team after oh, getting no. robbed on a forward uh, pass last year down at Life by no, a touch judge to, 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 to say that, 
that that the karma can't come back our way. And we got <laughs> robbed last year. It was highway robbery. All right, that was the so past, they, Bruce. Come on. Come on. Let's, I know. Uh, so now I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the karma of the future. Paul, I want to ask I'm you, uh, Bruce is talking. Paul, who do you think is going to win the game? <laughs> uh, I think I, I personally haven't watched. I've watched every Super League match this year thanks to the, the work that Dave Hodges has put in. And uh, I got to, you know, I, hopefully you don't prove me wrong. I see Nyack first, and I, I do see Old Blue beating Charlotte. And uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously uh, Eugene, the Cobra Mountjoy, is my good friend. And uh, I just don't see that animal letting his team lose in Boston <laughs> under any circumstances uh, for this match. I, you know, I mean, he puts too much energy in it. Uh, I think if he has to suit up and go on the field himself, he will. So, <laughs> Paul, what about that? The... Being said, yeah, there was a little bit of there's, there was a comment about parity in the league, and 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 I and I had made uh, a comment on on Rugby Mag that in the in the Blue Conference in my conference, I, I thought that there was a good bit of parity, e- even Boston Irish, who was zero six at the bottom of the table. You you gotta, they they were a pretty good team. They they took life and didn't allow life to get a try bonus point against them. Um, they played us in a monsoon, and lost thirty two nothing. So, they they were actually a pretty good team that gave everybody a bit of a game. Yeah. And and I and so, and and you look at Boston, Boston I think I think was beating us at halftime. If they weren't, they were down by two. Or they were up. You know, so it was that was a pretty close game, and then you know Boston is a pretty tough team. Old Blue was tied with us at halftime. Pack, we we had we had come away with with a pretty overwhelming first half, but they never really quit. Pack is actually a very good team, and and I think that they're kind of they're shooting themselves for. I I believe they they lost early on to Charlotte, and and I think they're shooting themselves for that one. And Charlotte, we went down there and played, and Charlotte's pretty good. On top of the fact, not only are they good, they had their high school championships before our game, and it was really cool to watch all these young high school players who were big, strong, and athletic. They had inner city teams out there, and I'm telling you that they have a program there that they're going to build into an under-20s and under-21s program because a lot of the inner-city kids don't go to college. and they're, So they're going to have a program doing that that's being run by a, 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 a very dedicated group of people who, who, take, who take this rugby development very seriously that Charlotte's going to be something that, that's going to have to be reckoned with in, in the future. And I think on the Western side, I, I think Dallas Harlequins just had a rash of retirements and they're blooding some young players. I'm back. You know, they have the San Diego State connection and they're blooding some young players. And I think they're just in, in the process. And I, and I think the same thing happened at the Chicago Lions. And, you know, they, they just they're kind of a team in transition. And it's hard to win when you're a team in transition, especially as everybody is pushing up the ladder to try to become better. And... So I think in the West, there is a bit of parity. It's just Golden Gate is so much better than the teams right now. But a lot of that has to do with what you do in your youth programs. And what you've done in in your youth programs over the past decade and a half. So it's starting to come to fruition now. It's not, and and it's only going to get better in the future. But it's not a factor of something that just, you didn't do this yesterday. This is a build and we and you look at the the team. We have a pretty good core team, which two years ago, you know, had to win on the win all its games out on the road, and then lost to Nyack in the quarters. That's pretty much the team that we had last year to win it, and the team we have now. So, it didn't happen overnight either. We had to learn to we had to learn to win on the road in the playoffs. Learn learn you know why we would lose on the road, and and that's a huge factor. You have to win your road games. You have to be able to fly to Dallas. And win, and it's not. That's not an easy thing to do to fly somewhere and win. It it seems easy, but it's not. And it's definitely not easy with amateur players. It's you know it 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 it's difficult to get out of work. Tell your boss you got to get out of work early. Scramble to get to the airport. You know, make your flight by the skin of your teeth, and 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 then go out there. 
possibly arrive at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, play a 1 o'clock in the afternoon game, and be back on a flight that night. I mean, it's right. crazy. And that's what, the, that's what we ask these guys to do. And, and so winning on the road is extremely difficult. And even if you stay to Saturday night, have a good time, and leave the Sunday morning, you know, that Sunday morning becomes extremely difficult, and it takes your whole day away. And and then you you know next thing you know you're back to work on Monday morning. You really haven't, you, you know you haven't really had off. All, all you've done is gone out, get into an 80 minute battle, and knock the hell out of each other for 80 minutes. You know you know how you feel when you wake up on a Sunday morning after a rugby game and you beat the snot out of, it and then you got to go get in an airplane. It's tough to do. It, it, that that well, is not an and, easy thing to do. No, and think about it when you lose. Everybody knows when you win and you go out and you have a hangover. The hangover is not so bad. But when you go out and you lose, you might have an okay time that night, but you wake up with a hangover and that hangover lasts till Monday and sometimes Tuesday because you just, you're, you have, you feel more injuries when you lose. It's sort of a logical. Yeah. I was talking more about the actual knocks of the game, not the hangover, but I mean, that is, that is absolutely a good point on the hangover. Well, it's it's but, reality. You can't, you know, you got, no, you have I to, mean, I, hey, look, hey, hey, you have to deal anybody with can it. say it. I mean, you know, if anybody doesn't think that the, uh, the NCAA football team after a game doesn't go out drinking, then I, I think they've lost their minds. Um, or or they haven't read the police reports that get squashed <laughs> by the coaches in, in the local colleges. But, you know, I, I look at these, and, and I think that this is going to be a very interesting set of games in the East this week, and I think that the Puget Sound-Denver game is going to be extremely interesting. So I think that the Super League this week is is has actually does have some compelling matchups and, and that's great. And, and on top of the high school rugby thing, like the New York Athletic Club, one of the reasons that we've had success is not only through our affiliation with Xavier High School, but because we have coaching with us, this guy, Fury Screnchy, who has – he played for Italy 13 times, but he is an American. He was a, a prop for Italy, and he has 13 caps. He has an affiliation with Greenwich High School. So not only are we getting the Xavier kids – we're starting to get the Greenwich kids. And then we're also starting to try to place those kids into colleges that are top programs. Instead of just having the kids or letting them pick whatever school they go to, when they find out <clears throat> what kind of rugby team they have, we're trying to encourage the kids to, to, to consider rugby as a factor in choosing their colleges. And, and, and there were 10 kids from Xavier who – we're playing on teams that were in the Sweet 16, and we're proud of that. And and hopefully a lot of those kids go and play in the Super League. And then hopefully all the kids that are playing now are looking up to these guys saying, hey, man, if they can go play there, so can I. If I work hard, I'll get an opportunity to play in the Sweet 16. And then other kids, and hopefully we get to the point where there's 20 Xavier kids doing it and 20 Greenwich kids doing it, and then they're coming back and they're playing in the Super League for whatever clubs they play for. Because, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to move all over the country. And, and it's great to have and, – and, and, and in college rugby, it's great to have high school and college rugby providing a feeder system back into the clubs. But most importantly, it's high school rugby because everybody will return home to their high school at some, to some extent. They may, they may or may not return home to their college. Like it, a little bit different in California where it's – the state university systems is, is quite good. And so they, they kind of live there anyway. So they go to a college in their state in a lot of cases. But in the East Coast, it's a little bit different. And not everybody goes to college in, in their state or close to home. So we have to try to make sure that our high school programs are strong. Ben, and Bronk, how does it work in the, uh, at, at the Sydney in, in the Sydney club competition and building into the Waratahs. How, and, 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 well, let's talk about building into the Reds now because we're not Waratah fans anymore. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, let's, let's – how does it work when – how does, Ran, you know, your old club, Ranwick, or it may even still be your current club, um, how do they get their players? Well, there's a, there's a bit of a uh, – well, Sydney University generally uh, get them via scholarships. But uh, clubs like Ranwick uh, – uh, Eastwood, uh, Southern Districts have very strong junior programs. So the kids come through from as young as five, six, um, all the way up to um, uh, coming of age. 
So those guys all play on the weekends. Uh, the school program is completely different uh, and will generally funnel straight into the professional program. But you're seeing more and more where there's a bit of cross-pollination. I know as myself, uh, I played both uh, as a youngster, but uh, generally came through the school system. But uh, depending on which club you have, you'll have a very strong junior base. And they vary with the areas of Sydney. Uh, but in the end, the clubs are pretty competitive. Uh, there's one club in particular in Sydney that's bankrolled a fair bit and is getting players through basically um, a fair wage. Uh, but other clubs have had to rely on, on kids coming through. But there's a lot of changing between clubs as well. So, you know, the loyalty's not always there, uh, particularly... Um, as each club tries to battle Sydney University uh, to be the top team because they are the professional outfit. Let's face it, Sydney University, the leading team in, in, in Australia, is virtually a Super 14 franchise, the way they operate. Mm. Yeah, which, I mean, Billy Millard talks a lot about the way Sydney Uni operates. Which is, which is and, great and for we, Sydney University. It's great for promoting professional players uh, through a system... Uh, that, that's university based however they don't have a junior program so the kids come to them at Colts um, but they've already played the, the young formative years somewhere else and the issue then is uh, how do the other clubs compete financially well they can't because the top end of town muscles up and gets the players at Sydney University Berwick Barnes at Wallaby Centre uh, 5'8 uh, came to Sydney from Queensland and the club he signs up with is not Randwick. It's not a team out west. Not a team that's struggling to get talent. Uh, he signs with Sydney University. You can't blame him from do, for doing that, but he gets uh, a scholarship in economics as well uh, that he can also sign up to. So it's very, very tough. So the strong team, team gets get, keeps getting stronger. So that's a difficult thing for the Sydney Premiership to deal with. Yeah, that's kind of the of life, wouldn't you say, Bruce? Yeah, I mean... Life has an interesting thing in, in that life is, is going to be looking – life has a university program. It used to just be a chiropractic college, and now they turn themselves into a four-year university in addition to their chiropractic college. And, and what they're doing now is, is they've played their university team in Division One, And so they're playing men's, men's club Division One as a university team, and we'll see how they go in that – and then they're looking to go into that college Premier League if it takes off. And then they're going to have a team in the college the college Premier League with the university students. And these guys are all freshmen and sophomores, by the way. There's very few juniors and seniors on it. And then they're going to have the Super League men's team if those students choose to either stay in Atlanta or to go to chiropractic college or graduate school at Life University. So they're going to have a full service building program now life is not the it, it's not the strongest academic school but and 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 oddly through rugby they'll probably be able to increase their academic profile because a, a lot of the kids who go to high play high school rugby and aspire to play at top programs come from catholic schools that got a pretty good education so life could actually increase their academic profile through rugby at at the uh, at the four year college level, so the school will look very favorably on it as opposed to most sports where when they start to help kids out or give them a scholarship or 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 things like that that they they decrease the academic profile of the school. So it, it is going to be right now. Life is is you know they're getting more of the tougher kid who's looking for a chance to go to college where that one may not have been in the past or they weren't the greatest academic but they're good kids and you know they just didn't you know maybe didn't take high school all that seriously and and then they're looking for a shot but that's going to change over time i think there's it's going to be a bit more competitive academically there and 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 that'll be and that'll be good for the university it'll be good for the rugby program and it is an interesting model and it, and it's something that is difficult to really pull off anywhere else yeah but it, it is tough and i and i would say you know but Again, like Sydney Uni is like beating the Yankees. It, 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 if you want to have your club become strong, you really have to develop. It, you have to develop strong, very strong high school rugby that is affiliated pr 
pretty strongly or, or pretty severely with your club. And, and, the, and the other way, you know, if you want to develop a very strong college rugby program, you have to have very strong high school rugby within your state so that you can offer these students in-state tuition and offer the university the opportunity to increase the academic profile of the school through rugby and possibly in doing that get yourself one or two earmarks that you can get where you can get kids in the school that you would want to have and that otherwise wouldn't get into school i'm not saying that you know i'm not anticipating scholarships or anything of that, of that nature although although there are financial opportunities for students in in going into colleges but the youth rugby, it building the base of the game and, and building a quality base of the game and have and and, 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 and garnering and, and using our volunteer base, people who are irrationally passionate about rugby, that's the only way we're gonna be able to move forward. And if we're gonna try to move forward just forgetting that base or 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 using that base for other purposes, then you know, we're eating the seed corn. But you know that, well, that I mean, seems Bruce, to Bruce we uh, we've had this argument before or discussion before I think it goes even further it, go, it goes younger than that I mean what we've done here is to try to get you know 5 year olds playing rugby because we do have a good high school program where we're seeing the Danny La Provats and coming out of the program already and Connor Coyne and you know um for us we've said not we we I, have I, to I'm see, I, wait I'm seeing the Connor Coyne you saw the car. Oh, yeah, I know. Don't get, don't get me started on that one. Um, uh, yeah, so that's what we're, we're saying. Hey, you know, every, if every if every rug, men's rugby club in America started a youth program, and what I mean by youth is from 5 to 14, never mind a high school, just a fun little kids out running around with the ball, I think that alone would, would really grow the game here because at the end of the day, if you if you ever want to have people going and watching rugby games, you have to increase the amount of people who understand the game and have some sort of affiliation with the game. And it's the one thing that that uh, I think American rugby lacks is that that sort of basic knowledge or comfort. Whereas if you go to Australia, uh, New Zealand, you know places where the game is played, someone might have played it as a little kid, never played it ever again, but can sit and watch and go to the game and have fun and understand what's going on. Well, um, uh, I want to give you a chance to answer a few questions. And one of them is, you've worked so hard to get Golden Gate to where it is. Um, is there is there the slightest bit of complacency heading into this final series that's around the corner? No, I, I, I would say there's no complacency. You know, the, the, the club has worked so hard and is so many, so often it, you know, it sort of fell down. We, we, We've changed our focus. I think when I when I came on, it was something that uh, we sat in a room and sort of talked about, you know, what we wanted and what we came up with was some core values and and sort of our little tagline, which was commitment to excellence. And we stopped focusing on. I don't care that we're up at halftime, twenty points to none, if we played horrible. When we went to Denver, I think we I think that was probably around the score, eighteen nothing or twenty two nothing. And I walked in the locker room and was like, we are, right now we are despicable. I think that was even the word I used because we're not playing to our standards. And that's all we, we're concerned about. Should we, you know, let's say it's a Nyack or a life and we're in the final, you know, if we're lucky enough to be in the final, then for us, win or lose, we just want to play our best rugby. And that means that those teams, just like last year, life had to come and play their best rugby because we were going to try to play our best rugby. And if we concentrate on that, the outcome is the outcome. They, they earned their victory, and you know, and we can look upon them with a certain amount of respect that they they had to do what they had to do to beat us. Mm. Well, gentlemen, we're uh, running long in time here. Uh, generally, we'd have a, a coaching segment, but uh, Paul, it'd be great to get back, you back on to talk about some coaching tips and um, some strategies. Uh, but sure. we're hitting the fifty-minute mark, and. Uh, uh, we've got other things to do, and Bruce is uh, is getting late for him in the on the east coast, and we know he needs his beauty sleep because he certainly hasn't had enough over the years. 
Well, I'll tell you, Bronk. Uh, <laughs> I I am I I I actually started the the Fatkins diet because I weighed myself the other day and I was 265 pounds. And considering I played rugby at 185 pounds, that made me 80 pounds overweight. So you're just moving to like, a different right. position, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I yeah, I tell you, what the hell? This is some crazy stuff. I lost like four pounds in a day. So I'm already I'm already uh, I'm already under 260. So it's pretty pretty incredible. And we'll see. Hopefully, I can get myself down uh, down to a weight where I can I can get a knee surgery and, and, and rehab. I can safely get surgery. It's just a pain in the neck to walk around and rehab when you are 80 pounds overweight. It's better to lose the weight, get the surgery, and then work yourself out from there. So that's my plan, and I'm going to stick to it, Bronx. Soon you're going to see me in a budgie smuggler on the beach in Bondi. <laughs> please. Oh, oh, please. Oh. I've, just, I've, I've, just seen, I've just seen Todd Clever doing that. And uh, that was hard. that was bad enough. So, uh, um, all right, uh, Paul. Uh, thanks very much for joining us from the West Coast. Uh, things going well for you and Golden Gate. We look forward to the next couple of weeks, and let's uh, check in with you soon, hey? Oh, definitely. And you know, thanks for having me. I'd love to be back anytime. And uh, it's always good to talk to Bruce. <laughs> Always, uh, it makes your life interesting. I tell you that. It certainly does. It makes my life interesting. All right, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Good luck over right, the coming bro. weeks. And uh, Bruce, uh, thanks for joining me as always. And good luck with the weight loss. You'll be on America's How about side. good luck with the game this weekend? Well, uh, you I know. Uh, I don't know which one's I don't know which one's more important, but anyway. <laughs> good luck this weekend. We'll we'll talk about it next week with Eddie O'Sullivan as well. All right, brother. There it is, Rugger Matrix USA for this week. We'll speak to you all next week.